0: Hello, and welcome to the Federal Contracting Made Easy podcast, where we take the complex world of government contracting and break it into simple steps that any small business owner can master. Now, let me introduce your host, Nancy Byerly. Hello, and welcome to the wonderful world of government contracting. This is episode number 72, and we're going to continue our discussion about the HUBZone program. Today we're going to be discussing specifically HUBZone zone contracts. Please remember to subscribe and rate our podcast, and subscribe and leave comments and questions for our YouTube channel. So, what are hub zone contracts? Hub zone contracts are contracts awarded to qualified HUBZone zone small businesses, regardless of the place performance, through any of the following procurement methods: hub zone. Contracts can be awarded to sole source awards to qualified small business concerns. They can be set aside awards, including partial set asides based on competition restricted to qualified hub zone small businesses. Awards to qualified hub zone small businesses. Through full and open competition, after a price evaluation preference is applied to an other-than-small business in favor of the qualified hub zone small business concern. Awards based on a reserve for HUBZone small businesses and a solicitation for a multiple-award contract, or... Orders or orders set aside for HUBZone small businesses against a multiple award contract which has been awarded in full and open competition. You'll see down below that I also have the reference to the Code of Federal Regulations, CFR 13 CFR 126 is where you'll find everything you wanted to know about the HUBZone program. What additional requirements must a qualified HUBZone small business meet to bid on a contract? Now, the federal acquisition... Regulatory Council, known as the FAR Council, has the responsibility of adjusting each acquisition-related dollar threshold on October 1st of every year that is evenly divisible by five. Acquisition-related dollar thresholds are identified as dollar thresholds that are specified in law as a factor in defining the scope of applicability of a policy, procedure, requirement, or restriction provided to that law to the procurement of property or services as executed agency as determined by the file, Fire Council. All that's saying is that on October 1st, for every year that is divisible by 5, the Fire Council will go in and review and they can adjust the acquisition dollar threshold. The threshold referring to is the Simplified Acquisition Threshold. They recently did that in 2018, and they raised that rate from 150000 to 250000 So that's what they're talking about here, because they've gone in and they've adjusted these thresholds for inflationary adjustments. The FAR Council has to publish a notice to the adjusted dollar thresholds in the Federal Register the adjusted dollar thresholds take effect on the date of the publication. Now, that is true. They do take place on the date of the publication. However, contracting officers don't do anything unless it's in the FAR. And even though the, so the FAR doesn't, just because it's in the Federal Register doesn't mean that it's been added to the FAR yet. So there can be a conflict between the two. Now, the contracting officer should be able to look at that federal register and know and kept up to date that that level has changed. However, sometimes that doesn't happen. So sometimes they will not do anything until the far change takes effect. And that's what I want to let you know about. In order to submit an offer on a specific HUBZone contract, the qualified HUBZone business, together with its affiliates, have to be small under the size standard corresponding to the NAICS code assigned to the specific contract. A firm must be a qualified hub zone both at the time of the initial offer and at the time of award to be eligible for that hub zone contract. So you can't say that I have my hub zone application in, I'm going to go ahead and bid on this hub zone contract, and you submit your initial bid and then you receive. Your hub zone certification after you submitted your bid, then you would not be eligible for that hub zone contract. You have to be eligible at the time of the initial offer and at the time of a contract award. Also, at the time a qualified hub zone small business submits its initial offer and where applicable its final offer for on a specific contract, you have to certify to that contracting officer that it is a qualified HUBZone small business that appears on SBA's list. Now, when they're talking about SBA's list, they're referring to the dynamic small business search, the dsbs.sba.gov. That is the official list where all HUBZone certified firms and 8 firms are listed. So you have to be on that official list. So if you do get HubZone certified and 10 days go by, 10 work days, and you're not on that list, I'd be reaching out to SBA saying, Hey, I was recently certified. I want to bet on contract. Can you please add me to that list? Sometimes things are over, can be overseen, oversight on SBA's part. So you want to make sure that you're doing your due diligence for everything. Now, there are some additional things that you have to know you have to certify that there's been no material change in your circumstances since you were certified, since you received your HUBZone certification, that could affect your eligibility. So you have to certify that there's been no material change in any of the circumstances since you were certified as a HUBZone firm that could affect your eligibility. In addition, you have to certify that you are small under the NAITS code assigned to that procurement and if the qualified hub zone small business was certified it must represent that it will attempt to maintain the required percentage of employees who are hub zone residents during the performance of the hub zone contract if the qualified hub zone small business was certified it has to represent that at least 35% of its employees engaged in performing the hub zone contract reside within an Indian reservation governed by one or more tribal. And this pretty much pertains to tribally owned firms. That tribally owned hub zone small business has to certify that at least 35% of its employees engaged in performing that hub zone contract reside within an Indian reservation governed by one or more of an Indian's tribal government owners or reside within a hub zone adjoining an Indian reservation. If you're submitting a joint venture... Each qualified HubZone small business must make the certifications in under its own name. A qualified HubZone small business may submit an offer on a hub zone contract for supplies as a non-manufacturer if it meets requirements of the non-manufacturer rule. Please see 13CFR 121.406 for more information. On multiple award contracts, total set-aside contracts, the qualified HUBZone small business must comply with the applicable limitations on subcontracting. For more information, see 13 CFR 126.700 and the non-manufacturer rule, if it's applicable, in the performance of a contract totally set-aside for HUBZone small business concerns. However, the contracting officer at his or her discretion may require the concern to perform the applicable amount of work or comply with a non manufacturer rule for each order awarded under the contract. Now that's up to the discretion. Let's talk about partial set aside contracts. For orders awarded under a partial set-aside contract, the qualified HUBZone small business must comply with the applicable limitations on subcontracting. For this, you're going to refer to 126.700, that's 13 CFR 126.700, and the non-manufacturer rule, which is at 13 126.601. If that's applicable, if it's not applicable, then it's not going to apply. During each performance period of the contract, during the base, and then during each subsequent each subsequent option year thereafter, for orders awarded on a non-set aside portion, the qualified hub zone small business need not comply with any limitations on subcontracting or non-manufacturing rule requirements. However, the contracting officer, at his or her discretion, can require the concern to perform the applicable amount of work and comply with a non manufacturer rule for each award under the contract. All they're saying there is if you want it under full and open, you have to you can you don't have to certify that you're gonna perform your percentage of work required on that contract. However, the contracting officer can come back and ask you to comply with the particular limitations on subcontracting. So if you have orders, like a Basic ordering agreement, or along those lines, you as a subzone small business have to comply with the applicable limitations on subcontracting and the non manufactural if it's applicable, in the performance of each individual order, order that has been set aside for hub zone small businesses. Now, reserves the qualified hub zone small business must comply with the applicable limitations on subcontracting. And the non-manufacturer rule, if applicable, in the performance of an order that is set aside for hub zones. However, the qualified hub zone small business will not have to comply with the limitations on subcontracting provisions, non-manufacturer rule, for any order issued against a multi board contract if the order isn't competed among qualified hub zone small businesses and one or more other small business concerns. Recertification a concern that is a qualified hub zone small business at the time of initial offer and at contract award including a multiple award contract it is considered a hub zone small business throughout the life of that contract this means that if a zone small business is certified at the time initial order and at contract award for a multiple award contract then it is considered a hub zone small business for each order issued against the contract Unless a contracting officer requests a new hub zone small business certification in connection with a specific order. Where a concern is later decertified, the procuring agency may exercise options and still count the award as an award to a Hubzone small business. However, there are some exceptions that apply. Where a HubZone contract or a contract awarded through a full and open competition based on the hub zone price preference status, and we're going to discuss that in upcoming episodes. So stay tuned. Is novated to another's business concern. So what they're meaning there is they take that contract and they hand it over to another small business, and that business is no longer that business that initially had the contract will not be performing the contract anymore. The concern will continue to perform the contract. They have to certify its hub zone status to the procuring agency or inform the procuring agency that it does not qualify for hub zone status within 30 days of that novation approval. If the concern cannot certify that it qualifies as a hub zone, the agency can no longer count the options or orders issued pursuant to the contract from that point on. on towards its hub zone goals. All this is doing is it's telling the contracting officer when they can count and when they can't count towards their goals. Now, if you remember, we talked about this. Contract goals. 23% of all prime contracts, federal contracts, have to be set aside for small businesses. 5% have to be set aside for 8A or small disadvantaged businesses. 5% have to be set aside for the Women-Owned Small Business Program. 3% is set aside for HUBZone, and 3% is set aside for service-disabled veteran-owned small businesses. Those are the goals that they're talking about. If you want to know more about the goals, contact your local SBA office. Where... A hub zone small business is performing a hub zone contract requires, or is acquired by, or merges with another concern, and the contract novation is not required. The concern still has to certify within 30 days of the transaction being final and recertify its hub zone status to the procuring activity or inform the procuring activity that it has been decertified or no longer qualifies as a hub zone small business. If the contractor is unable to recertify its status as Hub Zone, the agency can no longer count the options or orders issued pursuant to the contract from that point forward towards its Hub Zone goals. The agency must immediately revise all applicable federal contracting databases to reflect the new status. Where there has been a Hub Zone status protest on a solicitation or contract, for the purpose of contracts, including multiple work contracts for durations of more than five years, including options, a contracting officer must request that a business concern recertify its hub zone status no more than 120 days prior to the end of the fifth year of the contract, and no more than 120 days prior to executing any option. So, for the first year, you receive your hub zone contract. You're good. Then 120 days out from the end of that first year in your contract, you have to recertify that you still are a HUBZone small business to that contracting officer every year thereafter. Now, a business concern that did not certify itself as a HUBZone small business, either initially or prior to an option being exercised, may recertify itself as a HUBZone small business for a subsequent option year if it meets the eligibility requirements at that time. So what they're saying there is, you meet it for the first time, you got the initial award. You didn't recertify for the second year the award was issued. Now it's saying the third year is coming up. For the third year, you can go back and recertify your requirements. So if you miss a year, you can still go back and recertify. Recertification does not change any terms and conditions of the contract. The limitations on subcontracting man-manufacturer, and subcontracting plan requirements remain in effect at the time of contract award throughout that life of that contract. Where the contracting officer explicitly requires concerns to recertify their status in response to a solicitation for an order, SBA will determine eligibility as the date the concern submits its self-representation as part of its response to the solicitation for the order and at the time of award. A concern status may be determined at the time of submission of its initial response to a solicitation for an award of an agreement and each order issued pursuant to the agreement. So when must a qualified HUBZone small business maintain the employee residency percentage during contract performance? So qualified HUBZone small businesses eligible for the program have to meet the HUBZone residency requirement at all times where certified in the program. However, the qualified HubZone small business may attempt to maintain. Now, I want you to go to 13CFR 126.3 or 103. You can attempt to maintain the required percentage of employees who reside in a hub zone during the performance of any hub zone contract awarded to the concern on the basis of its Hub Zone status for IDIQ contracts and definite delivery and definite quantity contracts including multiple award contracts the qualified hubzone small business must attempt to maintain the resident requirement during the performance of each order that is set aside for hubzone small businesses a qualified hubzone small business eligible for the program must have at least 35% of its employees engaged in performing a contract residing within an indian reservation now if you're in tribal, a qualified hub zone, small business eligible for the program must have at least 35% of its employees engaged in performing a hub zone contract residing within an Indian reservation governed by one or more of the concerns Indians, tribal, government owners, or residing within and an, any hub zone adjoining any Indian reservation. To monitor compliance, SB will conduct program exams. and we're going to be discussing program examinations a little bit later on. Every time a qualified HUBZone small business submits an offer and is awarded a contract, you have to certify that you meet all the HUBZone program's eligibility requirements, including the employee residency requirement at the time of its initial offer and and up until and including the time of an award. This means that if a HUBZone small business is performing a HUBZone contract and it submits an offer for another zone contract, it can no longer attempt to maintain the HUBZone residency requirement. Rather, it must meet the requirement at the time it submits its initial offer and up into including the time of award. All they're saying is that if you're performing a contract and you don't have that 35% and you are attempting to find qualified applicants... You can continue to perform that contract. However, if you've been on another hub zone contract, then you then that is null and void, and you have to meet those requirements at the time you submit your initial offer and the time of award. So, does a hub zone certification guarantee receipt of hub zone contracts? And the answer is no. Hub zone certification does not guarantee that a qualified hub zone small business will receive hub zone contracts. Qualified HUBZone small businesses should market their capabilities to the appropriate contracting activities in order to increase their prospect that the contracting activity will adopt an acquisition strategy that includes a HUBZone contract. Who decides if a contract opportunity exists for HUBZone set-aside competitions? The contracting officer is the one that will make the decision for that contracting agency or activity. What requirements are not available for Hub Zone contracts? Uh, contracting activity may not make a requirement available for a Hub Zone contract if, one, the contracting activity otherwise would fulfill the requirement through award to a federal prison industries or to, to participating nonprofit agencies for blind and ser- severely disabled. So these have a higher priority than any of the set aside programs. Now, an 8A participant currently is performing the requirement through the ABD program, or SBA has accepted the requirement for award through the ABD program. Unless SBA consented to release that requirement from the AAD program, you're not going to be able to have that set aside as a hub zone. Can a contracting officer request that SBA release a requirement from the ABD program for award as a hub zone? Yes, a contracting officer can request that SBA release an ADA requirement for award as a hub zone contract. However, SBA will grant its consent only where neither the incumbent nor any other 8 participant can perform the requirement. The request has to be made to the associate administrator for business development who will make a determination after consulting with the director of the HUBZone program. When must a contracting officer set aside a requirement for a qualified HUBZone small businesses? The contracting officer has to review a requirement to determine whether it is excluded from HUBZone zone contracting. Contracting among small business programs. There used to be where everybody thought that the Hubzone program had priority among all the set aside programs, and that is not the case. SBA's changed those rules to make it very clear that there is all programs are equal. Acquisitions valued at or below the simplified acquisition threshold. The contracting officer shall set aside any acquisition with an anticipated dollar value exceeding the micro-purchase threshold, which is now $10,000, acquisition valued at or below the simplified acquisition threshold. The simplified acquisition threshold is, above, is between $10,000 and $250,000. The contracting officer can set aside any acquisition with an anticipated dollar value. Acquisitions valued at or below the simplified acquisition threshold. The contracting officer shall set aside any acquisition with an anticipated dollar value between the micro purchase threshold and not exceeding the simplified acquisition threshold, so between $10,000 and $250,000. For small business concerns, when there is a reasonable expectation that officers will be obtained from at least Two small businesses, that are competitive in terms of quality and delivery, an award will be made at fair market prices. This risk requirement does not preclude a contracting officer making an award to a small business under the 8ABD program, HUBZone, Service-Disabled Veteran Small Business, or Women-Owned Small Business programs. Now, for acquisitions valued above that simplified acquisitions threshold of $250,000, the contracting officer shall set aside any acquisition with an anticipated dollar value exceeding that $250,000 for small businesses when there is a reasonable expectation that offers will be attained from at least two business concerns that are competitive in terms of quality Delivery and award and will be made at fair market prices. However, after conducting market research, the contracting officer shall first consider a set-aside or sole-source award, if the sole-source award is permitted by statute or regulation under the 8A program, the Hubzone program, the Serviceable Vet program, or the Women-Owned program before setting it aside as a strictly small business. Then there is no. Order of preference among the 8A, Hub Zone, Service Disabled Veteran, Small Business, or Women Owned programs. We discussed that. There is no order of precedent among any of the set aside programs 8A, Hub Zone, Service Disabled Vet, and Women Owned programs. The contracting officer must document the contract file with the rationale used to support the specific set aside, including the type and extent of market research conducted. In addition, the contracting officer must document the contract file, showing that the apparent CESL offers certifications in the system for award management, otherwise known as SAM, and associated representatives, representations were reviewed. So when does a contracting officer set aside a requirement for qualified small business concerns? SBA believes that progress in fulfilling the various small business goals, as well as other factors such as the results of market research, programic needs specific to the procuring agency, anticipated award price, and the acquisition history will be considered in making a decision as to which program to use for acquisition. If the contracting officer decides to set aside the requirement for competition restricted to qualified hub zone concerns, then the contracting officer must have a reasonable expectation after reviewing SBA's list of qualified hub zones, that at least two responsive qualified hub zones will submit offers and determine that the award can be made at fair market price. Can SBA appeal a contracting officer's decision not to make a procurement available for award as a hub zone contract? The administrator, SBA's administrator, may appeal a contracting officer's decision not to make a particular requirement available for award under a hub zone contract. And they have to do that to the secretary of of the department or the head of the agency. An appeal is initiated by SBA's Procurement Center representative, otherwise known as PCR, to the contracting officer and may be in response to information supplied by the director of HUBZone or his or her designee, or other interested parties. What is the process if someone wishes to do the appeal? So, they have to do a notice of appeal. When the contracting officer rejects a recommendation by SBA's procurement center representative to make a requirement available for award as a hub zone contract, he or she must notify the procuring center representative as soon as practical. If the administrator intends to appeal the decision, SBA has to notify the contracting officer no later than five business days after receiving the notice of the contracting officer's decision. Then suspension of action. Upon receipt of the, of the notice of SBA's intent to appeal, the contracting officer has to suspend any further action regarding that procurement until the head of the procuring agency issues a written decision of the appeal. Unless the head of the contracting agency makes a written determination that urgent and compelling circumstances which significantly affect the interests of the United States compel award of the contract. So upon receipt of SBA's intent, the contracting officer has to suspend until the head of that contracting agency issues a written decision on the appeal. They can go ahead and say that there's an urgent need. The contracting activity cannot wait. And they can make a written determination that the urgency and compelling circumstances would significantly affect the interests of the government compel the award of the contract. Within 15 business days of SBA's notice to the contracting officer, SBA must file its formal appeal with the secretary of the department or the head of the agency, or the appeal will deem to be withdrawn. The contracting officer must specify in writing the reasons for the denial of the appeal under the section. And I will tell you that when the, contract, when the procurement center representative says something, the agencies usually follow what the procuring center representatives say. I have never seen one go up to the appeal process before. So contracting officers can award sole source contracts to HUBZone businesses only when the contracting officer determines that none of the provisions of 13 CFR 126.605 or 607 apply. The anticipated award price of the contract, including options, cannot exceed $7 million for a contract assigned to Manufacturing Nates Code or $4 million for all of the contracts. Two or more qualified HUBZone small businesses are not likely to submit offers, offers, and a qualified HUBZone small business is a responsible contractor able to perform the contract and, in the estimation of the contracting officer, contract award can be made at fair and reasonable price. So they kind of make the contracting officer jump through quite a few hoops to do this. That ends today's episode. Please remember to list your questions, subscribe, comment, review, provide a rating. It is greatly appreciated. And until next time, as always, be safe.